Angry Old Dudes, episode 52, and we're back. We are back. Normally we say that when we're back from like a five-minute break. But instead we're back from like a three-week break. Three? It's been like five. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's The last one said June 1st. It's only oh, no June shit? 24th or something. I thought we'd been out for like two months. Well, that's what it feels like. It has. It feels, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> and as you could tell, we are no more professional than when we left. I'm stumbling over my words, keys coughing like a madman. Welcome back to Angry Old Dudes, folks. We'll get into it later. I've yeah. been uh, <clears throat> ill yeah, and everything else. Uh, coming in the next episode or two, depends on when we want to get to it, we will do uh, Fuck That Band Warped Tour Edition. Oh yeah, I forgot that was coming up. Yeah. Uh, when, when's our date? July 19th. Cool, I'm not going. Uh, so I don't remember. <laughs> so we'll do it first couple weeks of July. I'll be going and sitting at a comic book table all day long. I mean, how much shit do you actually want to see anyway? A lot this year. Guar? No. Sick of it all. <clears throat> Hate breed. Um, I feel like there's some punk and ska bands. The Waste? The Waste, for sure. <laughs> That's really the only reason. I, I mean, I go. really wanted to see Bad Seed Rising, but they drop off like two days before Cincy. Yeah, Streetlight's not on Cincy, so I'm not interested. Uh, I'll probably sit through Strung Out set. Dude, I, are they on? Yes. I the thought they thing. weren't on Cincy. The whole thing. Because I feel like that was one of my. And I definitely want to see Movements. <clears throat> They're one of the Sad Boy Jam bands that Got I was that. To. Yeah, they but they have a gent name. Sure. Yeah. Because it's plural? Single plural nouns. Structures, volumes. Movements. Yeah, I, I feel you. Motions, circles, squares, triangles. Peripheries. <laughs> what have you been listening to? Um, I fuckload of jazz. And a lot of ska. Is Miles Davis considered jazz or blues? Jazz. Okay. Most certainly jazz. Okay. Um, his, his record is called Kind of Blue. Yeah, man, He's very sad jazz, but it's jazz. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of ska. I've just been. I went on like a a week long tear of just. That's fine. Goldfinger, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Streetlight, Suicide Machine. I've been doing the same thing, minus Less Than Jake. Um, and then. I had the Glass World record on repeat for a couple weeks in my car, and then I tried to switch back to the radio, because I do that, and the radio is just abysmal, so I put in uh, the Beat Union, because that record's perfect end-to-end, but yeah, mostly jazz, uh, various uh, Brubeck records, I bought Miles Davis Kind of Blue, which I like, Um, John Coltrane's a little jarring, for my taste. He's the Zach Wilde of saxophone. Okay. Um, I actually like John Coltrane, so I don't agree with you because Zach Wilde's a bitch. <clears throat> yeah, well, he's... To you, he'd be like the Dillinger escape plan of jazz. Okay, I agree It's just He's just full volume chaos... It's it doesn't match. He just comes in swinging like a lunatic. On a Miles Davis record, it's way too jarring and unsubtle. It's really funny that you bring that up, just for the simple fact that I'm pretty sure 
if I remember correctly, from a Dillinger interview from Calculating the Infinity, they literally said one of their biggest influences is John Coltrane. Yep. Is it Calculating the Infinity? Calculating or just, the Infinity. Or is it just Calculating Infinity? The Infinity. You sure? I'll look it up. <laughs> you have a, a habit of putting a the... What was the uh, the last Pantera record called? Reinventing the New Steel. Yeah. And it's what reinventing the new. Or reinventing it's just reinventing n- the new steel. steel. Oh. You okay? Well, I put a new in there. Yeah. Okay. Um. What what is it that you always do? To new junk aesthetic. The new junk aesthetic. Is you just put a the in there? No, I don't think so. Maybe. <clears throat> From parts. Unknown? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you did it to an Every Time I Die record, too. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. um, So, yeah. Jazz, ska. Lots of horns in my life right now. Um, Nothing wrong with that. And there's, hell, there's some horns on the Beat Union record. There are no horns on the Glassjaw record. Glassjaw? Glass World. Ha ha. Ha There are also I, no I did horns. out of the... It's just calculating infinity. I thought so. I didn't want to be wrong and be like, oh, you're wrong, and then I'd be wrong. But I thought I was calculating infinity. Anyway, what are you I've probably done that with a million bands. Um, I've been listening to Seven Dust, A Loss for Words, Thursday. (laughs) This is going to hurt my head, isn't it? Under Oath, From Autumn to Ashes. I think that's it. And actually, what's really going to hurt your head is I've been listening to that new Dying Fetus record. Which is death metal? Groovy death metal. So American death metal? Traditional death metal? Mm. Like Cannibal Corpse death metal? No. No. Like, if Cannibal Corpse and Suicidal Tendencies had a baby. Uh, That's frustrating. Um... If you listen to Dying Fetus, it's it's like the original Deathcore, but from like 25 years ago. Gotcha. So there's a lot of new metal involved. There's a lot of boom, 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 boom. Real, real choppy. But then there's also a lot of like just straight death metal, like. I'm pretty sure the miming there was blast beats. The my, it was blast yeah. beats. That okay. was my mime. I can see it. The microphone can't, so I, I was clarifying. Why can't you see microphone? Get out of my face. <laughs> Until we make this a video series, which would be tragically boring. Just two fat guys sitting on separate chairs. Hey, man, I'm not fat anymore. Uh, we're both still kind of fat. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> a pretty little sh- I'm pretty sure fat. you weigh more than me now. Well, last I checked, 255. Yeah, I weigh 241 right now. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm going to catch up to you because I'm exercising now. Yeah, because you're exercising. Yeah. Me too. I, wa- I walk around the block three times to catch Pokemon. I mean, that's something. Yeah, it's about the only thing I can do. Not to mention walking up and down your steps. Yeah, that's still no fun. My next place will have no steps. Actually, I take that back. My next place is going to have a basement, and I'm going to live in that basement. So it will have steps. Well, I mean, I guess you could technically find a basement where you have like one step coming out of the back of the basement and then you just sometimes have to go upstairs to watch a movie with your girlfriend 
Well, I mean, I'm going to sleep upstairs and shit. Yeah. If I get it my way, it'll be a Cape Cod so I can come in the garage straight into the to basement. basement. Oh, yeah. okay. And then up? <clears throat> and then, yeah. Is that what a Cape Cod is? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, because the garage is on the lower I was one of, one of those houses where it was like basement, two steps, first floor, two steps, second floor. What do you mean, what do you mean two physical stairs? Yes. How does that work? We I used to live in a house like that growing up. Only two steps? Yeah, they're just like long steps. And it like takes away the grade or something. But it was literally like the basement is like on this on like the east side of the house and then the first floor is on the west. So that way the second floor is like Oh, kind of like a bi level. Yeah. Where you walk in the front door and it's up and down stairs. Yeah. But it's only a couple stairs. Yeah. Yeah. I can get into that. I just like the idea of being able to load in gear in and out of the garage from the basement Mm -hmm. and not have to deal with steps. That's what Peace Lord Palace is like. Yeah. Because it's kind of perfect that way. Except for theirs is just garage straight into basement up to their first floor, which is their only floor. Yeah. Well, that's that's the plan. Yeah. I don't need a two-floor house. It costs too much to keep it uh, cold. In the summer. Anyway, let's do some music news. You were talking about dying fetus. You told me to write down something, and I only wrote down that and none of the other words you said. Uh, their new record came out Friday, the 23rd. What's it, it called? Oh, God. Oh, I was just trying to be informative. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> It's a good, it's a great record that I don't know what it's called. As it was, I was trying to, like, be a good journalist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oops. Um, it's called the wrong one to fuck with. No shit. Yeah. That's to the point. Um, <clears throat> the funny part is though, so Dying Fetus and Hatebreed did a tour in Europe right before this record dropped. And, uh, the members, their last names are like Gallagher, Beasley, and Williams. So Josta on his podcast and in real life was like, you guys sound like a like a law firm. Law, law firm. So let's make a video of <laughs> you guys in a law firm commercial. And they literally made a full video of it. And it's like, do you need a lawyer for decapitations? <laughs> and it just says a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, Beasley, or, uh, Williams, Beasley, and whatever, Gallagher will fight for you in court. And if they don't win... They'll just take that jury to the end. That's not really what it is. It's something more death metal-y, brutal. Yeah. But it's it's hilarious. <clears throat> Along with uh, one of the few other podcasts I do listen to is the Josta podcast. And uh, he's starting a, a YouTube uh, series that's called uh, Metal Dudes Doing Non-Metal Things. And the pilot's supposed to hit, like, I think in a couple of weeks. I just think it's funny. One one of the episodes they plan on having is, like, Randy Bly at, like, a soft poetry reading. Interesting. So the the record, you want to clarify what's good about it? Uh, It's a great groovy death metal record. I don't know. 
If you like heavy, you should listen to it. If you like Dying Fetus, you should listen to it. If you like death metal, you should listen to it. If you like any form of metalcore, hardcore, you should listen to it. Should I listen to it? No. Good. <clears throat> Clears that up. Um, so, sorry, I'm writing down a note I forgot to write. Um, <clears> the <throat> uh, Quicksand Tour. Quicksand is doing a tour in September. They barely ever tour. How I old is that band? 92 was their first record. Jesus. Uh, featuring members of Youth of Today. Um, if you don't know who Quicksand is, they're like a post-hardcore in 92 rock and roll-y tool before tool. But um, I'll probably uh, end up going to one of the shows on that tour because I've only seen Quicksand once and I would love to see them again. And the last time I saw them was 15 years ago. Dang. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who it was that used to be like... Thrice's companion in Southern California. They were like a post-hardcore band, and then they just became a rock band. Rival Schools? No. I saw Rival Schools tour thrice a couple times. Um, shit. I don't know. I don't think it was Quicksand, but it was a name like that. <sighs> um, Quicksand officially broke up in like... 99 or 2000 played one festival in 2002 and then have played the occasional festival. I think this is the first time they're doing a real like U.S. tour. <clears throat> uh, bad radio. Yeah, why don't you find it and uh, I'll talk about the next topic. Um, one that you like, Movie Life. Uh, the Movie Life dropped a new single. For their I new record. Probably should have listened to that. Oops. Oh, well. Uh, I think it's great. I hope it would be great after 10 years of not recording records. Or longer. Uh, I hope the rest of the record sounds like the single. Still not like a radio hit single or anything like that. Was this the one that you said you were afraid might be like uh, the new at the drive-in? Like it's just sort of a put out a record because you know it'll sell well because you're coming back all of a sudden? I was, but it's it's close enough to what they sounded like. Gotcha. And I also was worried that he wasn't going to have any originality left because we have six I Am the Avalanche records. That's That's exactly... Yeah, see, I was half listening. Mostly. Next topic while you keep looking? Um, um, this is just a little a quick note. Uh, the Tool record that we've been waiting over 10 years for. Don't say we. We as in Tool fans. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, because the lot, I mean, shit. I'd rather have a perfect circle record. Fuck that. Uh, 10,000 Days came out 06 or 07, something like that. 
I remember I think it was 08, but no, I was definitely still in high school because I remember driving around jamming the pot. Um, which is weird. Yeah, because it's you. <laughs> it's not about pot. Did you know there was a tool record that came out in 2013 uh, called the Lullaby Versions of Tool? Oh, interesting. <clears throat> um, but it's apparently, according to Justin Chancellor, 90% done. Um, well, I can't look it up on Apple Music because Tool doesn't let their music on Apple Music. I forgot. Tool doesn't let their music on the internet. True. Because they don't want people to listen to one song or only the songs they like. Their records are meant to be enjoyed from end to end and they don't want them broken up. Which, I mean, I get the artistic thing there. Um, 10,000 Days is 2006. Yeah. So it'll be 11 years. If it comes out this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 90% of the way done. For the most part, they told everybody to shut the fuck up and wait. Which, you know... Um. That's a pretty dismissive way to look at it. That sort of leave us the fuck alone and stop asking. At least that's what Maynard said. Maynard's kind of an a-hole. Um, There's no kind of about it. <clears throat> I mean, I was trying to be polite. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm stoked to hear what that's like. Tool doesn't disappoint. Um, so... Who is on Summer Slaughter this year? Because that is coming through Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not going. I don't think you're going. I have a show that day. You have a show that day, so you're definitely Which you not going. you just made a flyer for. Yep, I'm sure I did. It was the rig time, Baron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Summer Slaughter 2017 featuring... The Black Dahlia Murder, Dying Fetus, The Faceless, Oceano, Slaughter to Prevail, Origin, Rings of Saturn, Betraying the Martyrs, Goat Whore, more to be announced. I don't think I give a fuck about any of that. Besides Dying Fetus, I don't care. It's still like a $33 ticket or something. Well, I can't remember the name of that band, so Okay. They were they were like post hardcore and then just turned into just a straight up rock band. I've brought it up a couple times. And you were always just like, What records were those? And it's like their last three. And I can never remember the name of this band. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah, $30 ticket. I don't give a shit about that. Um, I'm probably not going to your show either. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. It's at the Yacht Club. Yeah. Um, fuck, I feel like one of those bands you said gave me an idea, and then I've already forgotten what it was. Black Dahlia Murder, Dying Fetus, Oceano, Slaughter to Prevail, Rings of Saturn, Goat Whore. Revocation. I don't even know if I said revocation. I don't think I did. I don't think you did. I think revocation is actually on that uh, cattle decapitation full of hell 
tour that's going to be at Madison Live. Really? Uh, that's a bad idea. No, it'll be fine. It's not a big enough room. 325? It's not a big enough sound system. That might be true. Isn't it, it normally is in a band's enough. rider? What? Isn't it in a band's rider? Like I don't think any of those bands. Full of Hell Slow Place house shows. Uh, I thought they were more important than that. Maybe it's just the local kids blowing them up all the time. I mean, they're a noisy hipster doom band. I mean, I really enjoy them. Yeah. But they've always kept it like, yo, we'll play on a stage in front of 4,000 and the next night play in a basement to 35. Who gives a shit? It's a good attitude. Yeah. Um, fuck. I had a a thought while you were talking, and then I listened to you and forgot my thought. Sorry. No, I, I was trying to. It was the right thing to do, okay. and that fucked me. Um. Yeah. So never mind. What? Ah, oh, dude, I'm a space case today. Dude, I feel you. Twenty four <laughs> hours awake. Yeah. I don't know why. I. I mean, I overslept. I was late for work. I've had. At Sounds least like two cups of coffee. Day. Yeah. And then somehow still dragging ass. Um, hundredth and somebody else, their bus caught fire. Ian has a notion their bus caught fire on the way to Nashville Warp Tour. Um, anybody can say what they want about those two bands, whether they dislike the music they're playing now or before. But some of those comments on some of those social media sites are just fucking icky. It's it's so strange how it works, like how emboldened people get. Dude, there's like 20 comments on each one that says, no one died, bummer. Like, are I mean, you after the ghost inside, me? like those guys are broken for life. Yeah. Not to mention that driver died. I I forgot about that. Um. Yeah. No. Hey, look. Look. I don't like either one of those bands. It's fine. You're not wishing death upon them. No. And and like. And it's not like it was just their personal items. It was their personal items, their gear, probably their merch. Yeah. I didn't see a trailer in the picture. The bus probably was holding everything. Yeah, that's whether whether you like a band or not. Don't wish them to be set back at least 20 grand like and they'll get some back on like Kickstarter or some shit like that. But I mean, there's a GoFundMe and then the maybe the label labels will kick them a little advance money or maybe they have insurance and some of it. They were smart, which would be nice. But yeah, I've seen just how emboldened people get to to talk shit about people because they never think that the band will actually read it. Uh, we'll get into it later, but Otep liked one of my comments on their video, personally. Like, they responded to comments. Um, I actually... My company was doing business with another company. Their company's product was fucking terrible. After we stopped dealing with that company, I left a shitty review on their on their Facebook. 
warning people not to use their awful product. And then they emailed my boss and said, hey, uh, can you make him take that down? That was really shitty. Um, Did your boss make you take it down? He didn't make me do shit. He asked nicely, and I took it down. You should have kept it up. No. No, fuck them. I wasn't trying to piss anybody off. I just didn't think anybody would read it or give a shit. But now that I help run the social media at my work, I read every single comment. Not that we get a ton, but I read every single one of them. So maybe I shouldn't have been so quick to run my mouth thinking nobody would read it. But like... YouTube is just like, it's disgusting. It's one thing to go on there and just be like, man, this song sucks. I don't, I forget if we were going to get into it or not. I think we weren't, but, uh, I was reading the comments on the, uh, justice for Sam DeBose WCPO page today. The news website comment sections. Are, I think they might be worse than YouTube. Oh, they are. I saw at least fifteen black people shouldn't be allowed out of the house. If he wasn't, if he wouldn't have left his house, then he wouldn't have been shot. Yeah. And then on top of that, somebody replied to that with, "We should kill all black people that are out in public." Well, it's like that dude who said that uh, he hoped someone would do the Columbus Pride Parade just like the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And pretty sure that guy lost his job. Um, but he only, I think he only lost his job because he was a teacher. Yeah. I mean, hey, well, yeah, if you worked for a shoe store and the shoe store didn't give a shit, then I'm sure it would have been fine. But that can be traced back to a school and that's bad. But I don't care if the guy who sells shoes to people is a dick. Way less than I care about people who might be educating young people um, and could potentially have an influence. That's worse. Um, but just, yeah, like, just to go from the opposite side of it real quick, though. Shouldn't... And this isn't how I actually feel, but... Somebody, devil's advocate. I get it. Yeah. Shouldn't racists be allowed to have jobs yeah but it's up to the discretion of the business owner if you want to hire somebody like that i don't know if that's grounds for termination i mean i feel like legally uh, i don't know i feel like firing someone because they're racist is no different than firing someone because they're a republican or firing someone that because they're a Democrat, and I just feel like that's yeah. No, it's, well, like I said, I think it depends on the kind of job. This like, guy wished death upon people and said that they were disgusting. Like what? Like and he was a teacher. Like we like he got fired because he was racist. Like what if I went and got He's a job? Homophobe and yeah, hoped people sorry, died. Homophobe and. What what if I got a job at some place that I didn't know right away and they came to me one day and I was making like $45 an hour and they said, look, you're not a white power dude. We're firing you. I mean, you could call for a boycott of the company. You know, you, you have you have some rights there. I, I just, uh, yeah, 
I, I get what you're saying. I just feel like nobody's sticking up. And I'm not up. saying I agree with anything that he said. I'm just right. saying like... Nobody's sticking up for the rights of a shitty racist or homophobe. If you're that, the world's going to shit on except you. Except for... I mean, we're talking about it here, but what shitty racist and homophobe on a different podcast are talking about... Damn, the American government just fucking, just everybody just fucking picks on us. Well, they're in the minority and they're going to get shit on because that's what they get. Uh, it's kind of just. I hope they're still in the minority. Group morale kind of decides. I mean, 50 years ago, you'd probably get fired for not being a homophobe. Yeah, you'd be a traitor. Yeah, Kami. You traitor. Even though commies hate gay people more, but because it's illegal in Russia. Um, but yeah, the, like the YouTube comments on like Sarah Longfield's videos. I don't know who that is. She plays guitar for the Fine Constant. It's that show that we played a long time ago with Sirens. Oh, okay. The the the, the tiny girl who shreds guitar. I don't remember, but that's fine. Yeah. Was it while I was drinking? I was probably drinking. I don't know if you were allowed to drink back then. Uh, this is when we played the backstage, so it was last year. Oh. I was thinking it was more like two or three years. Yeah. Anyway, um, the disgusting comments that she gets on a daily basis, not just the ones that are like, but you're not actually playing that. I bet your boyfriend played it for you. Meh. No, girls can't play guitar. But like, people are always asking for pictures of her feet and shit. It's that's a normal guy to female thing in this day and age. Yeah, but like on, on YouTube out in the open being creepy like that, like people sit behind a username and think no one will ever call them out on it and they could just be as gross as mean as they want. I mean Honestly, I don't know exactly where we were going with this, but about people shitting I on think it would be, I think it's creepier and meaner to say fuck you, I don't think you're playing this guitar part than it is to say, hey, will you send me a picture of your feet? Well, I'm, I guess I'm just really not into feet, so that part upsets me more. Um, and the the treating a woman like an object, kind of shitty. But it, it all comes back to the same thing. I mean, they are an object. Shut up. They're not just an object, but they are an object. Okay. I'm an object, you're an object. We're all God motherfucking objects. Um, uh, just the way that people sit behind a screen name and talk the nastiest shit in the world, expecting no one to hear it. And people do. And man, horrible shit human beings say. Um, like wishing one of the members of the band would have burned alive in a bus fire. For what? For making music you don't like? Trust me, I come down hard on bands I don't like, wishing they'd stop making music forever, but I don't want them to stop breathing. I'm sure they're fine people. Most of them. Jesus. And even even, even, even anyone in music that I've ever met that I absolutely hate and despise, I don't wish any of them dead. Yeah. Especially something like getting trapped in a vehicle that's on fire. Yeah. That's uh, when you're on the tour, that's supposed to be your entire summer and you're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. Have they said anything about, they still played in Nashville. I'm sure. They'll just use other people's equipment. 
That would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we got... Um, uh, shit. <sighs> two more media type things, and then we'll pretend to take a break and get into the last two. Okay. And then maybe we'll actually keep this one under... Uh, keep it under two hours. I doubt it. Oh, well, under we, two hours? Maybe two hours. We're only at a half hour right now. Okay. So. We'll see. Um, fucking white people. <laughs> uh, the Venom movie uh, is said to have the main antagonist be Carnage. And I've I, actually heard past uh, that. What do you mean? I've heard things past that. Past... Past Carnage. You you mean like... There will be at least seven separate symbiotes. Oat. Oats in this movie. I mean... So you're probably going to get your toxin. I mean, I'm into toxin. That'd be cool. Perhaps even anti-venom. But what I mostly want is fucking Scorn. I know. Scorn is... talked to me about it the other day. Scorn is one of my favorite characters ever, and she's only in like three books. She's awesome. I just feel like bringing too many symbiotes into it is going to make it less scary and more cheesy. And perhaps. Then again, they might only be in like the second half of the movie for all we know. Could just be a nod, like you kind of just see them. So I found out the next Alien movie that's already coming out. Have you seen Covenant yet? No. Neither have I. But you know what's so frustrating? You know what the next movie coming out is? Alien Awakening. You know when it happens? Four years before Covenant. So it's Prometheus. Six years later, this other movie. Then four years later, Covenant. And then Ridley Scott's already writing the one that's going to be coming after that. After Covenant? Covenant. Okay. So he's going one, three, two, four, and he already wrote five. Yep. Ow. <laughs> oh. He wrote five 50 years, well. 79? By the time, it, by the, time the next one comes out, it'll be 40 years. God since damn. Since he wrote five. Yeah. He was sitting around somebody went, ah, they really Star Wars all out of whack. And he was just like, hold on, hold my beer. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus. Um, I mean, of course I'm stoked to see Carnage. Um, I think. Who do you want to see play Carnage? <sighs> that scruffy dude. Who I think he played Rorschach. Yeah, he's the only person. He's absolutely the only person. Yeah, but I've never seen Watchmen because I heard it was just three hours of blue dick. Um, but then I was told that it was a fantastic movie. And then I was told that you really have to invest a lot of time or you won't get it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to wait. It's a good movie. It's not fantastic. It's not. I also heard it was too Zack Snyder-y. No, it's the only Zack Snyder movie that's not too Zack Snyder-y because it's Almost literally taken panel for panel from the book. Gotcha. But that is a DC thing, so. 
technically it's a Vertigo thing. Okay. Which is a DC imprint, but it's still not DC. Gotcha. It's a Frank Miller thing. That's better. I still haven't seen Sin City. The first one? Yeah. Oh. You should see the first one. Don't see the second one. But I did see The Spirit. Oh, why did you watch that? Because it was free on television. I wouldn't watch it for free on television. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't watch it if they paid me $20. It was interesting. Samuel L. Jackson was interesting. Yeah, I guess that would make it okay. How he's like a foot or whatever. It's... He has a bunch of heads. It was weird. I remember when it first came out on DVD, somebody told me the only way to make the spirit enjoyable is if you watch Pulp Fiction, then smoke a bowl, <laughs> then watch the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the, that whatever that dude who played Rorschach, and he didn't take his mask off all that much, did he? In the movie? Yeah. I mean, it's off enough. For a two-hour and ten-minute movie, it's probably off for 48 minutes. Okay. I was going to say, if people's lasting impression of that guy was that character, but I thought he wore the mask more often. I mean, he kind of does the whole thing where he thinks the mask is his real face, and his real face is his mask. Yeah. Um. Yeah, No. but that, I mean, that was at least ten years ago, so... How more departed from a role can you possibly be? Yeah. Uh, somebody said uh, the kid, the redheaded kid. Oh, that plays the inspiration Shameless. of the Joker. And he plays Jerome, uh, yeah. yeah. But he's too young. He is too young. Like. Although, I think he's 17 in real life now. He could bulk up. They could bulk him up. Well, the, the, the problem is that their Eddie Brock looks 40. Because Tom Hardy's like 40. To be fair, though, in the original comic, Eddie, I believe, is 27 or 28, and Cletus is 18 or 19. I thought Cletus was like in his 40s. No. Cletus, when Cletus first becomes Carnage, he's serving serving like his third or fourth year of a 25-year sentence. Okay, see, I just thought he was an old man. No. He's supposed they to me they drew him like a twenty four year old but I mean like they it stated that he's supposed to be like eighteen nineteen maybe twenty twenty one but I mean still yeah I guess it's just the name Cletus Cassidy kind of sounds like an old man no like a cowboy sounds like name. a fucking hick yeah like an old hillbilly no <clears throat> you don't get old from that name no but I also never heard that name before seeing a face. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm stoked about it. If they're going to bring in every symbiote, then I very, very much want there to be scorn. Even yeah. if it's just for half a second, the whole Mercury team would be dope. Um, I mean, if it was a shot for shot remake of Carnage USA, which they couldn't do. No. Um, or, I mean, if it was a shot-for-shot shot remake of Venom versus Carnage, I'd be stoked on that, too. But then you got to cast a black cat. I mean, if it was a shot-for-shot shot Maximum Carnage. 
Yeah, but wouldn't that be like a 12-hour-long movie? You could shrink it. <laughs> you just have to have a lot more Spider-Man. Yeah. You know it's not what they want. Right. Honestly, do you really even need Tom Hardy to be Spider-Man? You, you have the character of Spider-Man, Tom Hardy. Fuck, Tom Holland. I was like, where are you going? Um, do you even need him to show his face? Have somebody else wear the suit the whole time? Have him do the voiceover? You don't have to pay on that much. Because do you really need Peter Parker in a Venom movie? Not Here, necessarily. Here's the first visual of Cletus Cassidy. Ever. Yeah, see, he looks like an old man to me. I don't know. I never looked into his bio as far as age goes. I just know he burned down his orphanage and he watched his parents kill each other and he's crazy as shit. But I do think that hiring a 20-something-year-old next to a 40-something-year-old would be a really weird contrast. And... Uh, fuck, what is the name of that kid? Whatever his name is. Um, he's kind of too baby faced. Like, yeah, <gasps> he's got the sharp chin and the yeah. red hair. I mean, I feel, but I feel like the uh, Rorschach guy might be a better option. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one more thing, and then we'll take a quick break. Or at least pretend to. Um, now we can take a real one. Okay. Just because I'm falling asleep. I gotta wake myself up. Uh, John McEnroe said that Serena Williams was one of the best female tennis players. But if you placed her among the men, she'd be around 700. You delusional old sexist Prick. You're fucking wrong. You're 125% fucking wrong about A, bringing up this topic, and B, your thoughts on it. What? Serena Williams, three months ago, came out and said that if she had to play on the men's circuit, that she would not even be in the top 50 along with the other three top women's players. They've done doubles, though. Doesn't matter. You're talking like about for doubles. the entire season, it would wear them down to a different level. They all admit it. The only thing he should have said was not in the top 100 instead of 700. Serena Williams came out and said, I take no offense to anything he said. And this is bullshit I reporting on the reporter's part. I had heard that she said, that's insulting. Leave my name out of your mouth. No. They're like best friends. Well, apparently not anymore. And everybody on PTI was like, this is the dumbest reporting. This is everyone just trying to be PC, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. All right. Well, I don't give a half a fuck about tennis. And I still think she'd be top 20. I think she might make top 50. How? I think who's she... Who's better? Not of all time. I'm not saying of all time. Of people who could presently compete and will even go kick it back 10, 20 years. Throw Agassi and McEnroe. And no, we'll go present there. day. 
Who's I'll better? say she's if she had to play in the men's circuit the entire year. One, it's a completely different game. How? It's fucking tennis. I don't. Okay, you're right. I don't know enough about tennis to say that. But from what I've heard from both sides of this story on different radio shows, that most women admit, sure, Serena Williams could go out and play uh, Rafael Nadal twice a year and probably win one and lose one. But if she had to go out and play men every day on every circuit, she would probably lose more often than she does now. Well, first of all, part of the problem is that he just unsolicited fired that out there. As if this is just burning I mean, it to wasn't get out unsolicited. of it. What did they ask him? Yeah, there was a reporter that asked him how he felt about Serena Williams in the all of it. Okay, that's not how I heard it. And then well, I actually listened to the interview. They played the interview. Okay, well, when asked to clarify, he doubled down. Oh, sorry, Logan. We're talking about sports. If you haven't already realized, turn off your ears. This is not a sport we normally talk about. Yeah, that's because I don't give a half fuck about tennis. I just thought it was a real bone. I mean, if you're going to talk about this, then I'm going to fucking talk about the fact that your least favorite thing in the world, as in golf, Justin Spieth won the tournament the other day on a playoff in the sand trap, chipped in for the win. It was actually pretty inspiring to watch. I mean, I'm sure it was a good shot. I don't know. Inspiring. It was inspiring. I like golf. Yeah. You do not. No, I not only do I not like golf, I don't like the act of playing golf. I don't like that other people play golf. It's a waste of land and resources. Mostly, mostly a game for rich white men who can objectify women and waste time on ridiculously large wasted portions of land what what there's bigger waste of land yeah churches and cemeteries and police stations no yeah no i'll give them a 50 50 on good versus evil and tennis courts tennis courts don't take up that much space have you ever seen the one out by king's island it's pretty big I used to play dodgeball and tennis courts all the time. It's not that big. Not compared to a golf course. The green on one hole of a golf course is the size of a tennis court. Yeah, but tennis is for fruits. Golf is for fat old fruits. No. Golf is for people trying to relax. There's nothing relaxing. It's for old people that don't want to get high. Yeah. Anyway. And frisbee golf is for young people that want to get high. I'll give you that. Except I... I froth and I don't smoke. Yeah, obviously me too. Even though I just said froth, mostly just to see if it'd piss you off. Nope, I'm not letting it get to me. I I got a dirty not look. Not letting it get corner to corner your lip, but that's right because you say disc golf. Disc golf, not frisbee golf. Nope, and not froth. Definitely not froth. <laughs> I guess we could go with Dolph. I I hate calling it froth too. I just I heard some yuppie say it one time and I was like, what? the fuck is that frisbee golf bro okay 
Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll hit the hard issues. And, uh, yeah. BRB. BRB. Okay, we are back, and I've actually thought up another sport-related question that is completely stupid. Oh, okay. McGregor versus Mayweather. (laughs) What a stupid fight. What a stupid fucking fight. I don't even care. I know. It's so goddamn dumb. They make a half a million dollars each. No, they don't. Where the fuck did you see that? Mayweather's making 1.5. McGregor's making 1.2. Oh, well, over a million dollars each. Yeah. For a fight that's going to be the worst boxing match in history. Mayweather gets paid that no matter what. If McGregor gets disqualified from the fight, a.k.a. does anything besides box, he loses his money. Yeah. uh, Actually, my, my guess was DQ in the first round for tackling Mayweather. Uh, but it's in his contract that he's not allowed. No, he gets he, sued. He will literally, he will literally take fifty punches and just go down for that one point three million dollars or one point two million dollars. Yeah, Mayweather's gonna wreck his shit. There's no, there's no, no in the way. McGregor's not. I called knockout with one minute left in the third round. Mm. Because I mean, if you see anybody that boxes ever in a non-UFC style, it's literally like, see what your opponent's about for the first two rounds. Uh, I'm going to go either disqualification. I still don't think he's going to disqualify himself. Or, well, he might so that they can do it McGregor Mayweather too. It just It just sets up the next fight. No, he just loses in a boxing match and then goes, hey, here's $2 million for you to do a UFC match. Yeah. Or I'll go Mayweather by decision. Mayweather's a defensive fighter. He's not going to... He's not going to come out... He's fighting someone who's not... Whose least strength in an MMA field is boxing. Yeah. Isn't striking like his... His weakest, yeah. It's he's all ground game, isn't he? From what I understand, he's of McGregor, little, he's a little kickboxing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a stupid, just an insult to boxing. Not that I really give a shit about boxing, but goddamn, what a stupid fight. Anyway, um, let's do uh, Q's weekend. Oh, Q's weekend. Here the, we go. And then we'll get into the the big, funny, ridiculous shenanigans. Well, technically, we have to get into the first half of those shenanigans. Oh? Yeah. Her shenanigans before the ordeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole shenanigans. Yeah, the whole shenanigans. One more motherfucker says shenanigans. I'm pistol whipping the next motherfucker says <laughs> shenanigans. What's a restaurant you like with the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella cheese sticks? Oh, shenanigans. Oh, 
That's my best. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. As so they all just hold up their guns like, ooh. I still think it's funny that every kid out there, including you, thinks that's where that joke came from. What? The shenanigans joke. Uh, where did it happen before that? Married with children in 1993. Oh, okay. I definitely didn't watch that shit. Do you know the midget from Bad Santa? The black midget? I mean, I'm... He's also in a bunch of other movies. Pretty sure you're not supposed to say midget anymore. Sorry, black... <laughs> Little person, dwarf. Depends on the person. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, he was in an episode of Married with Children where they're like next to the shoe store that Al works at, and it's a mall. And he, he's like, he's like, fucking everything today is just shenanigans. Blah blah blah. Shenanigans, shenanigans, shenanigans. And and Al looks at the, his coworker and goes. One more motherfucker comes in here and says shenanigans. I'm whooping his butt. Or however TV yeah, I was gonna say, not swearing. Definitely didn't say motherfucker yeah, on Fox. Yeah. But, uh, and then the black little person comes in and goes, all these shenanigans. And like, he looks at him. He's like, what? You're going to whoop his butt? No. He's a little person. Yeah. I'll have to dig that up. Um. But anyways, Q's weekend. Uh, so my weekend, my negativity to positivity weekend. Uh, Saturday was Pride here in Cincinnati. So I dropped Miranda off to her cousin who was hanging out at a bar. Was it Friday that we had a show? Yeah, Friday was, was the show at the show? house and then underestimate. Yeah. Okay, just oh, trying to get my weekend I mean, straight. we could just start with that. Uh, we Show never really even talked about it. Did you Did you hear that dude? That dude. That smacked his head? That double tapped his head on the concrete floor? I didn't hear it, no. I was standing right there, and I heard it over the music. Uh, is, is he okay? Uh, I don't know. They sent him home with a buddy. He did not know where he was. Eh, typical concussion. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun for a while. So this kid fell circle pitting and... Somehow ended up backwards. Tripped, flipped backwards, and double tapped his head on the concrete floor. Yeah, that was rough. But uh, Saturday, took Miranda to somewhere in Oakley to drop her off to meet with her cousins. And I headed down to the comic shop for work and... On the way down, I was the caboose in a six-car pileup that I ended up being the only one sighted for. <coughs> Still waiting on an explanation as to how that makes any sense. So the first person changed lanes, decided there wasn't enough time to stop, slammed on the brakes, went from like 65 to zero. Somebody hit them. Somebody we I know hit them. A dude and his wife hit them. The lady in front of me hit them, and I hit the lady. All the other damage were dense, a little small things. Some of the people were freaking out. They just wanted to leave. They told the cop, it's not that big a damage. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to file with insurance. I don't care. The lady that I hit, 
her bumper was half off. She obviously cared. She had to file with the insurance. So therefore I get cited. Um So that was a little rough. It was actually like the accident wasn't bad. I mean, there's a little crunch on the car, but besides being the only one getting cited, I wasn't even that worried about it. You're not hurt. The car still runs. Yes. Those are the important parts. True. So I go to work. Uh, I had an okay day at work. Got off work. I feel like I went somewhere else after work for the reason that I didn't get home till 8 o'clock. I got home at 8 o'clock, and there is a 200-pound soaking wet, looks like somebody died mattress on my porch, um, which me being hindered since I just had surgery a week ago, couldn't move by myself. Luckily had an officer of the law what a weird way to say it. Just a police officer. Well, an officer of the law. Um, come down and move it. I had a neighbor alert me to who did it. Although we don't know who they actually are, just what they looked like. Didn't get a license plate. Sure, it's somebody that thinks they pulled a very funny prank on me. But after all that, and basically already being like $1,200 in the hole on bills. And that's just to almost catch up or at least start to catch up. Um, I kind of got really negative for about 10 minutes and made a post. And at first I had an awesome amount of just response. Uh, I won't name names at first, but there were a couple people that told me they'd literally buy 10 shirts off of me and just give them to friends just to help me out with bills and stuff. Uh, my buddy Josh, who plays bass in Chip Teeth in Indy and runs Team Skyler, um, said, fuck it, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for you. You're always there for everybody. Which he literally sent me the message that night. He said, yo, not trying to be disrespectful. I know you're not the person to ask for help because you don't. He's like, if we can get this GoFundMe and maybe raise you 200 bucks, you know, at least it'll cover the citation. And I said, okay, thanks. And I went to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning, crying my eyes out because my friends at 2 o'clock in the morning, after the GoFundMe had been up for four hours, had already raised like $500. And then when I woke up in the morning... Oh, I woke you up. Oh, that was that night? Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm talking about, though, when I actually went to bed after we hung out, I guess. It was like $500. Yeah. And then in the actual morning, it was $1,100. And it's presently $1,400, which is very close to covering 
all of the bills I was behind on. Which, for any of you listening that donated, or just shared, or just my friend in general, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Because... To me, this is what our community should be about. And so often it's not, but it, it it's the better side of us when, and, and like, I don't mean to make it sound like it's a fucking eulogy or anything. You take care of everybody some little way. You drive people across town. You, you, you organize shows, you get people, other shows, you take people to those shows, you drive, like, like Cody was saying, you've let people borrow the van a thousand times. And what, what did you ask for? Like a car to drive while they had the van. Or take me with you and pay me $20 for the day. Yeah. And like. Which, uh, some, some people that you hate thought that was too much money to ask for. (laughs) Uh. Alex. Yeah, so like Ben for for how many years like have you been taking care of everybody? And it's not to say like they owe you, but like to yeah, finally that's definitely not why I do it. But to have it recognized and to have people come through. I didn't know. I mean, obviously I found out about the 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 bills and the the bullshit that day, but like I didn't know. <laughs> um, it's not anybody else's problem. Yeah. And I'd have reacted about the same way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. Yo, huge shout out to Finn, too. Four. I'll talk to you about it after the podcast. Okay. But. Good on you, Finn. Probably not going to hear this. Finn almost literally made me cry. Like, <clears throat> on his shoulder. Yeah. But, just good out to everybody. I mean, like, so, so, like, don't get me wrong, some of those donations make me fucking angry, <laughs> but angry in a loving way. Like, Kyle and Tim, who work at the shop with me, who are basically homeless and have no place to live, and should not be donating money to me. And that's that's where good deeds get you, man. <clears throat> that's why if... Uh, it just makes me want to save the world that much more. If ever it comes down to me needing everybody's help, I am fucked. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. And Finn. And Michaela. Uh, and Katie know. and Ben. And I mean, Lindsay. like... If I ever need like money for a surgery or something, there won't. I'm I mean, kidding. you got me. We'll just hijack a doctor. It'll. I'm 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 joking. Um, I'm not. I know. <laughs> uh, Have you ever seen Johnny Q? Huh? Have you ever seen Johnny Q? No. The Denzel Washington movie. Definitely his son, not. His son's sick, and he literally holds a doctor at gunpoint. It's like, fix my son. Or I'll kill you. I got nowhere else to go. I'm not losing my son. There's an episode of House that's very similar. This dude holds up the whole hospital, takes a room full of hostages, and it's just like, figure out what's wrong with me. 
No, he, I every, think I remember that episode. Every bit of medicine they're about to give him, he thinks is poison, so he has to give it to somebody else, and it's like almost killing the other people in the room. Yeah. I do remember that episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stories like that. There's a Batman comic. It's like six seventy Detective 676, where like, dude holds at the hospital because he robbed a bank and his girlfriend got shot. Hmm. And uh, it, it would have definitely been handled some way if Bruce Wayne would have been Batman but Batman at that time is Gene Paul Valley Asriel so who the fuck he's the one that takes over the mantle of the bat when Batman's back is broken by Bane not Batman Beyond no Batman Beyond's in the future okay that's the only time I've known that there was a different Batman other than Bruce Wayne no shows what I know about Batman Dick Grayson has actually also taken up the mantle of the bat before several times when Bruce dies in the final crisis when Darkseid kills him so is that supposed to be in the future also or did they just find a way to bring him back they found a way to bring his his Omega beams Darkseid's Omega beams didn't really kill him they put him through the time stream alright <clears throat> um, I'm just making you hate DC that much more <laughs> Why would you save Batman? Um, yeah, so my weekend, Friday, we had a punk show that no one came to. But it was still kind of fun. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, we made it to the last 45 minutes of the Underestimate show. Enough time to watch an entire sound system meltdown. A kid get a concussion. And eventually eat some really mediocre White Castle. Uh, I didn't think it was mediocre. My fried pickles were fantastic. Okay, well the here. Okay, you won't understand because you're not an omnivore. Uh, White Castle is best when the grill is dirty. Oh, when okay. there's onions soaked into it for like hours. That's weird because everybody always told me White Castle is the best only when you're absolutely trashed. I mean, people say that, but White Castle is best when the grill hasn't just been scrubbed, when it's good and grimy. And then so what I've been doing, and here's a pro tip uh, for you uh, gluttons out there, uh, White Castle will put a fried egg on your on your slider, which I highly recommend. Um, the White Castle in Redding burns the egg a little. The outsides, the edges start to get a little crispy, and it's absolutely wonderful. And this place just cooked them okay, and the girl was really clean. Like it was, it was food, and it was it was fine. But it was a real mediocre White Castle. So Saturday, I got up, uh, went to my nephew's birthday party, where I was intentionally two hours late to minimize the amount of time that I actually had to be there. Uh, not because I dislike my nephew, I just dislike uh, the rest his of his family. <laughs> That is not my family. Um, where I got to listen to two off-duty cops talk about uh, how the rain the night before must have been Sam Dubose's tears. He didn't know the names of his 13 kids. And this trial is bleeding the city dry because of how much money it costs to have a trial. And also how much overtime they are getting. Insensitive about the fact that a man was murdered. Uh, and complaining about all the extra money they're making. Also implying that Black Lives Matter was going to bus in hundreds and hundreds of people that they paid to riot. So I almost stabbed two off-duty cops. 
um, and got out of there as fast as I fucking could. And then I went to Ben's birthday thing. Um, I have an update, a news update real quick. Breaking news. As much as I thought it would be okay. Do not support cattle decapitation full of hell and revocation at Madison Lock. It's just been announced that it is a David Kevorkian show. Oh, that's right. Cause Cy was saying it wasn't his. Yeah. I just, he just, oh, that's mm. an hour ago, but yeah. Motherfucker. Yep. Sorry, Deathcore fans. Don't go see cattle decap. Um, we'll get to more of that later. We will. And then Sunday, this is called foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, what the fuck did I do Sunday? I don't know, Saturday late night you hung out with me. Yeah. Because you woke me up after <laughs> Greg woke me up. Yeah. Which that whole night was weird anyways, because I was like literally having chest pains and couldn't breathe, which is why I wasn't quite asleep when you came in. But then for some reason, by the end of our chit-chat hangout, I was fine. I fixed it. I guess. <laughs> no, I know I know what I did Sunday. I mostly sat talking to Michaela and then uh ate food. Yeah. My weekend was way less adventurous than yours. And uh for Sunday <sighs> I Sunday was my poor change with the other half of war. Huh? Sunday, me and Finn had porchings. Oh, yeah. Gotta love some good old porchings, man. Dude, my porch is my porch saves lives. It's legendary. Just just sitting on the the fucking seat, the back seat, the seat that the city is trying to make me get rid of. Of a Ford F three fifty. Yep. <laughs> just shoot the shit. Talk about life. You could show up. I tell you what, man. Out, pissed off. And if you found fun. like a a slip cover to put over it to make it look like a couch, yeah, I know. That probably won't say words. That's word. what everybody keeps saying. I just put the trash can in front of the legs, so it's a bench. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's. I cl- uh, Dad cleared out all that junk behind the garage and the tree on the side of the house. Like it's two thirds of what they wanted. I'm not. Taking that down. I asked the cop that night when he moved the mattress. I was like, can they really? And he's like, I don't see why they could. He's like, it's it's a seat. It's not. He's He literally sort of said, nuisance. this isn't Russia. I <laughs> don't think. Good point. Okay. Okay, so shenanigans. Shenanigans. But we have to start off with the first... Uh, bit of shenanigans that actually happened last week. Yes. And that is actually you take this part. Okay. Uh, the band Otep. Yes. Them. Uh, uh, her. Her. Uh, you know, the ones from the mid-2000s when they went Girls can't scream in metal bands. And she was like, yes, I can. 
and they were kind of famous for a minute for being pigs. A mostly a girl fronted band was kind of their whole appeal. Um, yeah, it would it would turn out they're still a band, kind of. Um, it's her and Philins, yeah, always, or draft picks. I don't know, whatever touring she calls them, people, paid touring musicians. Yeah. Um. So, <sighs> a band hops on their social media and says, "Hey, we are this band," because no one actually knew who the fuck they were. Uh, we've been on tour with OTEP. Yes, we know. OTEP. <laughs> uh, surprised to hear that name? Yes. Okay, that's that's paraphrasing. Um, we've just been kicked off the tour by that horrible bitch. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Essentially, the charges were as follows. Uh, they were told that one of the rules to the tour was that they were not to sell merch while OTEP was performing, which they apparently did. Uh, this added to guilty some sort of argument uh, about that band supposedly sending one of their runners to go out and buy drugs for the band. The band has dismissed that, which who really cares if that's true because it's impossible to prove. The point is they were officially kicked off the tour for selling merch during OTEP's set. Now, she would later go on to clarify that the reason that this is a rule is that once upon a time when OTEP was apparently super duper duper important, wait for laughter to clear, um, she stepped out of the bus to run in to use the bathroom at the venue while the opening bands are playing. She pulled a hoodie up, covered her face, ran in to use the bathroom, and then tried to duck back out as fast as possible. The crowd saw her, stopped watching the band, and instead descended upon her to get her attention because she's super duper famous. And she said from that point forward, she would not step foot in a venue while the other bands were playing, which is interesting. And that what it's not interesting. It's because she doesn't give a fuck about the bands that are supporting her. Yeah. It's just Um, a shitty excuse. And that no band on the stage should be selling merch while they're playing as a courtesy to the band that is taking them out on tour. Uh, now, now here is the thing. A lot of people said, fuck OTEP. They're a bunch of pricks. Uh, she, whatever. Um, I mean, the convalescence actually said that everybody on her staff was amazing and it was just her. Yeah. Uh, people were selling their tickets. It was a whole thing. Um, here is the only defense I'll give her. If you signed a contract when you hopped on the tour, agreeing to those terms, and you didn't follow through with those terms, and you were fired, ah, you you brought that on yourself. From the other side of it, the fact that she makes those kind of terms means she's lost the point of music, and she needs to fucking retire. Yeah, because... Or maybe she's just always thought she's more important than she was. Yeah. Well, listening to her, I watched the whole 20-minute video uh, about the second incident. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, the only other dumb incident that I've 
actually heard of in music completely that on the same scale is the Metallica security guard thing. Which I'm not familiar with. If you work security at a Metallica show, at no point in time are you allowed to turn around and look at the band because you're not paying the ticket for the show and you are not there to see the show. You are there to make sure other people don't get hurt. I mean, I kind of get that. If you if you sign up to be concert security and your boss catches you watching the show, you're probably getting fired. No, you can't turn around. I worked a Metallica show at Riverbend when I was a kid. I worked backstage decisively because of that rule. I saw plenty of dudes literally like Metallica's playing, dude up front, you know, 45 minutes into an hour and 45 minute set, stretches. James, get this fucker out of here. He didn't pay for this show. Here, replace him with somebody else. Here, right here, this guy. No, we're not playing another song that happened? until you replace him. Yeah. That's cold-blooded. Uh, I mean, I, I remember distinctly... Dis- at, at least Metallica's a little bit more important than Otep. Yeah, distinctly remember watching uh, the security guard at Riverbend uh, while Alkaline Trio was playing sing the entire set while working security. Was he watching? No. Okay. Eyes forward the entire time. Then who cares? But he was just singing his heart out because he loved Alkaline Trio. Nothing wrong with that. I know. That was really cool. I I was watching him and I was just like, this dude is so fucking into it. I actually saw a security guard at Warp Tour one year do the same thing during a day to remember. Yeah, it's cool. He's doing his job. He's catching every single crowd surfer just singing along. Yeah. (coughs) So, uh, that band's kicked off. They're replaced immediately. Uh, Ultimately, Otep says they're a bunch (coughs) of crybabies. They broke the rules. Shut the fuck up. Uh, A bunch of people that had planned to go to the Otep show in Cincy immediately either got rid of their tickets or... Just said, a better way to boycott is for me to not go to the show and just rip up my ticket. Yeah. So that actually wasn't necessary because shenanigans struck way harder. Shenanigans. So I did not know at the present moment that it was happening that uh, Otep at the Mad Frog... Which, by the way, listening to them talk about how important they are and how much money they make and how, like, talking about people buying onto their tours because that's how important they are and then saying finding out that the show is at the Mad Frog, you're not fucking important if you're playing the Mad Frog. I if, mean, if you can't. If the promoter at the Mad Frog, who we haven't named yet, but will be named in a second, pays the most or is supposed to pay. <laughs> the most then I mean that's the thing if it should have been a Thompson house show I mean it could have been a Bogart show they can't sell out Bogarts 
There's a lot of bands that play Bogarts that don't sell it out. That would have been irresponsible. They're not important enough. I could tell you it wouldn't be a Thompson House show because I would not let Key pay that <laughs> price for that band. Okay, well, there's that. But as far as the size of that band versus the room. They should have been a Madison live show. Really? That small? Mm-hmm. All right. So I mean, that show sold out Yeah. at the Mad Frog, which is 215 and Madison Live is 325. I thought the Madison Live just seemed so small. Maybe it's because it's narrow. I mean, backstage seems small, and the cap in there was like 185. Yeah. Um, how long have we been doing this show? 52 episodes, two and a half years. There's no way we've been doing it two and a half years. Two years? I'll look it up. Give me a sec. Um, during During the tenure of this show we have made a conscious effort uh to not speak this name i've gone as far as to go back and comb through a two hour long episode to bleep it when someone else said it but for the first time we're gonna let it fly because we have got to talk some shit (laughs) and it's gonna be so much fun oh man I'm I'm interested because I want to hold off so I can effectively pepper the uh, this the situation. It's been a year and a half. Okay, eighteen months we've been doing this show, and not once have we let anyone say David Ryan Kavorkian on this podcast. He's been referred to. Our history with him has been referred to. His name has not been spoken without getting censored. But it's gonna come up a lot, <laughs> just 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 this time, until he fucks up again. I have stayed mostly quiet about the situation, but this is our podcast, and we're talking about the music business. Right and now. I will talk about it on here. <clears throat> so continue. So I was late to the party, um, because this <coughs> was <coughs> Saturday night. Yeah, it was Saturday night because I was watching the video Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I woke up at 3 and I laid in bed till like 7. Because uh, I'm a bum. Uh, so Saturday night, OTEP was to play The Mad Frog, booked by one David Ryan Kevorkian. He Dr. Com- Kevorkian. He books, or he, he, he messages the band or their contact, their manager, whoever, like two days prior to tell them that he was not going to have their guarantee. Uh, I didn't hear that part. Their manager, every every financial person involved, they all talk. You know, they say, well, what do we have to do? And he says, you know what? I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll have your money. The day of the show, they arrive at noon. Um, he comes running up with a check. Hands them a check for the full price of their guarantee and says, don't cash it yet. The agreement was cash. Who the hell writes checks in 2017 besides your grandmothers? He didn't have the money. Who the hell gets paid before you play in 2017? Well, often there's a deposit, but 
uh, I don't know. Some some people, it's in their contract. BB King did not perform unless the money was in his pocket. <laughs> he actually played the majority of his career with his nightly guarantee in his shirt pocket. BB King and OTEP are two separate things. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that some people would not play before they got paid. Little Richard would also not perform until he was paid because both of them as black artists had been ripped off and then given some racist bullshit. I mean, at the that end of the I night. understand. Also, Metallica getting paid before they play. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a fucking Metallica it's and they a call band the shots. Making under $5,000? Yeah. Probably not. So. And they make way under $5,000. They don't have, he doesn't have the money. His excuse, and this will be memed into the oblivion, the, just the, the framework of forever. This is going to be written in the book of time. He replies, the bank ran out of money. From what I've seen through other posts, this is actually the second time he's used this excuse. The bank ran out of, are you fucking kidding me? Do you have any idea how much is in an ATM? First of all, why was the money in the bank? Did you take all the ticket money from all the bands and deposit it into the bank? No, you didn't have the fucking money. At this point in time, he actually had not received any of the ticket money from any of the bands. Okay. So he was paying it out of pocket to get it back later. Yes. Gotcha. Um... They said, we don't get paid either half deposit and half after or all the money right now. We will not play. He says something to the tune of, I'll get it, whatever. They set up. They get every... I mean, there was a slight shot at the size of the venue in her in her post. You know, we get everything set up. We get everything squared away with the sound system in this little tiny place. She was pissed that they got booked there, and I'm sure somebody told her it was great, and it wasn't. So she said, like, 2.30 rolls around. Our entire crew is ready. Uh, We had sold tickets to a VIP meet and greet. We were told to wait, or or they waited, rather, because they hadn't been paid yet. Uh, Kevorkian breaks in. They said, where's the money? He says, I don't have your money. They said, dude, we're not going to play until we get paid. He says, fine. This is now an all-local show. Get the fuck out. I'm told that the venue offered to cover it, like whatever, the the remainder of the money that he was short to try to get the show to go on because they're probably going to make it at the bar. And then maybe they'll settle up with him later somehow. Um, Nope. Declared it's an all-local show now. How many locals were booked? Do you know? Six, but Jesus. I didn't know any of them. Well, I'm pretty sure Third Potion Omega was one of them. Oh, were they? Yeah, because they they I, made I'm a sure post. I can find it here in a sec. Like, hey, thanks for everybody for sticking around even through all that. Um, I'm blocked from seeing any of his events, so I have no idea. I'm actually not blocked, which I don't know why. Probably because I've kept my mouth shut for too long. Um, yeah. So he tells. The band to leave. Uh, Otep apparently grabs all of the VIP people, takes them to, she says, a local coffee shop, buys them all coffee and tea, and they sit around and talk and have their meet and greet. 
uh, her crew packs up all her shit and they leave. A completely wasted day. Um, having made no money. Um, driving from, I don't know where their last stop was, but she said it was six hours. Um, and to her credit, she said, we'd rather play. What? I mean, I can't find the locals, but this pre-sale ticket for OTEP is ridiculous. How much was it? Twenty-seven fifty for the Mad Frog. Yeah. Fuck that. That is a ten-dollar venue at Tops. Um, They're a ten-dollar band Tops. Yeah, uh, I give them the benefit of fifteen. They were important once for a minute. Um, the same kids that like Godsmack back in the day. We're into OTEP. <clears throat> so she creates a 20 minute long video. Now in this video, she addresses the band that she threw off the tour. Uh, she says that no matter what happens, people are going to villainize her. They never asked for her side of the story. They never called her publicist. Um, and that everybody is a bunch of crybabies and pansy boys and moo-moos or momos or whatever the fuck she said. Um, and that nobody wants to see a strong woman succeed. And that's why everybody's mean to her. Uh, actually it's cause you're kind of an entitled bitch. Um, and you think you're more important than you are. If you were actually as important as you thought you were, then you would never have to tell anyone that you were that important. Yeah. And she kept referring to all of the stuff she does acting and voice acting. And that anytime she leaves Los Angeles, it's to play music so she definitely wanted to be playing and not dealing with this. And that if she were going to cancel a day, because a lot of people blamed the band immediately before they heard the politics of the situation, she said if she was going to cancel a day, she would have been at Cincinnati Pride, not having to yell at somebody who pretends to be a promoter. So her, her video proves that she's a pain in the ass, the crazy rules, and a god complex. But, but this show was completely ruined by Kevorkian. Her explanation is uh, that he didn't make enough money in pre-sales. And so he wanted to keep his share. And unless he wanted to cut into his share, he couldn't pay them enough. And then in making it an all local show, he'd still get to keep his share of the tickets or whatever. I don't know if they had a guarantee that still had to be paid. What do you mean? Like, uh, even if they played or not, didn't did they get paid anything? I mean, I'm sure their management will go after Kevorkian. Which is going to be fantastic. But, I mean, it, it all depends on the contract. From what I heard from sources still close to him is if he would have paid them their guarantee, he would have made $12 on the show. How with six locals and three months to plan this, do you still not make that money? I mean... Because most of the time he makes his money by overbooking locals and overcharging for tickets. And unfortunately, it's worked for several years. I don't know. How did it blow up in his face this time? Maybe the amount of people that got rid of their tickets, said they weren't going, decided not to go because of the convalescence. 
actually screwed him as well. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, to her credit, uh, she said that anybody who contacted her would get a, a guest listed for the next show, wherever, whatever city that was in. She said it was close enough that if people really wanted to see her, them, her, that she would guest list all of them. So she's not terribly unreasonable. She's just got her head in the clouds. But she's absolutely right about him. Now, the problem is she never said his name. Maybe she was taking the high road, but she just said the promoter over and over again. Now, the comment section under her was Cincinnati people, basically the entire Cincinnati against Kevorkian Facebook group, just blasting. Which is now at a thousand members. The shit out of him. Somebody posted in there that they were a band from Canada who just tried to keep their eye on different markets or whatever. And because of this group, they now felt safe booking here, knowing who not to book with. This shit is going international. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. I mean, I don't think it's incredible. Well, it's it's, it's still a stain on our city. Yeah, it's bad, but it's on its way to getting better. Now, here's a real Hopefully, question. Hopefully, we'll see. I thought it was on its way to getting better when I we stopped working with him. How how much longer do you think he's got? He's apparently got two or three things still booked at Odd Bodies. Exodus. I mean, we just found out that this Calgary Cap show is at Madison Live. But how long do you think he realistically has? Okay, here's the biggest problem. Is the management group going to send out a press release? Is Are they going to send it to other management groups? How far do you think it'll go? Here's the problem. As big as Otep thinks she is, she's not big enough to be the burying stone. Okay. So what, one more screw up? So maybe if he doesn't if he doesn't pay Exodus, bodyguards or not, he'll probably get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> awesome. If he doesn't pay cattle decapitation, I mean that's Ash and Amanda and TKO booking. So he would lose half of his market right there. Yeah. Of what he already gets. But maybe he knows better. Maybe this was a management group with OTEP that didn't manage anybody else that he's ever worked with. And maybe that's why he felt comfortable saying. Calculated risk. Yeah. Uh, I just, I hope this is the end. I mean, we can hope for whatever. I'm going to keep positively keeping the scenes that I work with alive and eventually everyone will learn. Yeah. It took time for everyone to learn. I mean, I mean, remember a year ago when we were like, Waylon, Michael, what the fuck? Why are you still playing Kevorkian shows? They learned. Yeah. Well, their defense was very simply, we have him eating out of the palm of our hand. He's not screwing us. We're screwing him. And it's working in our favor, <clears throat> which I mean, is kind of empowering. Except for one of the top local bands was still playing. Yeah. I've forgiven them. They've made up for it. I mean, I'm not 
I'm not saying that I was ever mad at them. Oh, I was quite mad. I know you were. But I'm saying I'm not saying that I was mad at them. We had a talk. They finally made their decision. It's fine. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, this isn't the kind of story that gets picked up by like lamb goat, but it or but it'd be awesome if it did. Actually, I think it did. Did it? All At right. least her video did. Hopefully, they didn't spin it as this crazy bitch who kicked a band off the tour for no reason is now making up shit about a venue. Hopefully, they they got the the narrative correct. I forget, and maybe it wasn't Lamb Goat. Maybe it was one of the other. Metal sucks. Metal injection. No, something else. But there was an article written about it, and to me, they they did they did take the wrongness out of it. Like they didn't take it the right way. Like they said, "Ooh, getting shit on by a promoter. Karma's a bitch, right?" No. Yes. You know that's unfortunately that's not the angle that we'd like them to take. Um, my, so there's Dayton against Kevorkian too, which I'm a part of. Um, by the way, the name of that band was Caven. Oh, okay. Caven's fantastic. Quicksand Caven. Uh, okay. That's, that's what, yeah. Sorry. Continue. That's fine. Anyways. Um, so I'm part of the Dayton against Kevorkian too. And there's some people on there like, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Fuck Dave, yada, yada, yada. But then there's like three different people on this one post that I saw where it was like, I'm in school right now and I have a kid right now and I have a full-time job right now. But if I didn't, you know, maybe I'll be ready next year and I'll be taking all these shows out from Dave because I have connections and I can book and promote and blah, blah, blah. And Make me want to put a bullet in my <laughs> fucking skull. People don't seem to understand. This is not... The whole reason Dave is shitty is because he thinks that he should never lose money as a promoter. And any promoter that never loses money is not a promoter. Yeah, you're never going to get you're it right. a boxing promoter. 100% of the time. It's just not going to happen. He could have taken a loss on this one. And then made his money up somewhere else. He still would have made twelve bucks, <laughs> which is probably how many shows a year do I not make twelve dollars? Yeah, I mean, twelve dollars. He probably put in an hour of work, so you know uh, he probably made like two and a half hours of phone calls. Do you sell those fucking tickets yet? <laughs> Harassing people at work, anybody who drops off the show, threatening to beat up their parents. Some kid. That's what I think that's actually what the post was. He posted that like they were supposed to play at Odd Bodies with somebody and Dave said, "Yeah, you can play that Odd Body show, but I need you to play this show at Oscars on a Tuesday." And they said, "Okay." And they tried to sell tickets and they didn't sell any, and they called and they said, "Look, you know, we couldn't sell any tickets to the show. It's a Tuesday at some place nobody's heard of." Some band that nobody's heard of. Sorry, which I still think is kind of shitty. Is, is 
in in my situation, if it was selling tickets, you should be able to sell four tickets, something. I can sell zero tickets. Yeah, that's because you're lazy. I'm not lazy. Yeah, you are. I don't have any friends. It's You could still... I could right now go out and sell 20 tickets for We Are Is Running. <laughs> Doubt it. Easily. I don't think 20 people like us. Beside the point. Anyway. Anyways. So the kid... So Dave called him, bitching him out, and was like, whatever, you're off the Odd Body show. Like, I'll see you on Tuesday. Blah, blah, blah. Come to the Oscar show. The day before the Oscar show, he goes, hey, I'll come by and drop off these tickets, but there's no reason enough for us to play tomorrow. Like, we didn't sell any tickets. We're off the Odd Body show. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, and he just said, all he kept repeating to him on the phone was, are you bailing on me, bro? I can't believe you're bailing on this show, bro. Why are you bailing on this show? Why are you bailing on this show? I still have the screenshots of... Uh, the screen shits? The screen shits of... Uh, thank you. Of when he fired me as his graphic designer. Um, called me extortionist. Called me the N-word. Because uh, that was appropriate. <laughs> I don't- How dare you charge him $50 for 30 flyers? And, 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 and I, uh, here's the thing too. I had given him an option because he had spent weeks being like, dude, all these little shows I did making all these connections and all this, like, I'm going to start making real money doing this. Like, like I'm going to actually, I got all these, these shows are going to be huge. I'm going to make so much money on these. Like, this is the big time. This is what I've been working towards. I mean, it was like the fucking Rose funeral, but whatever. Um, and I was like, cool. Well, what's my cut? Considering I worked for basically free most of this time. The entire time I worked for him, I maybe made $100. Maybe. Maybe. And that's probably because I paid you 40 that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, hey, here's here's the terms I'm giving you. Uh, you either give me 5% of what you walk out with, 5% of your cut, or 50 bucks. Whichever. You do the math on, I don't, I'm not going to ask the numbers on what these tickets cost, what the guarantees are, any of that. You do the math, you get back to me. 5% or 50 bucks. Now, that could have been five dollars if he walked out with a hundred bucks he could have walked out of there with five grand and then he would have owed me a shitload of money so he could have taken 50 bucks now admittedly it was a little strident on my part i was kind of trying to get fired because i didn't want to fucking work with him anymore for six months, I kept making his flyers, but I never came to his shows. I would show up to collect money and then fucking bail. I wouldn't work the door. I wouldn't help him book. I wouldn't do any of that shit. And the Cincinnati against Kevorkian group was heating up. And people were attacking him and all this. Wait, you were still working with him after I quit? I, well, working with is pretty You were loose. still making flyers for him after? For a couple of months. Oh, I thought all that happened at the same time. But after you quit, I was like, all right, I'm not helping this dude. 
this is business from this point on. Like we used to book things together. Like the three of us might sit down and talk about like, well, who, you know, how do we get this? Or like, I would work the door, you know, you ran sound. He and I worked the door. I did the graphics, all that stuff. Like it was like a team effort. We had technically had a company name, but after that, I like, after you were out, I was just like, all right, motherfucker, I'm gonna make you flyers, but I'm not going to pretend to be nice. And I remember him getting mad at me because I wouldn't defend him against all the people that were attacking him. I was only defending you <laughs> for that whole Bogarts shakedown. And he was like, dude, like, fucking tell him. Tell him this happened. I'm like, I'm not speaking for you. If you would like to say that, you're welcome to go and say that. No, you tell him. No, we're not friends. I'm not doing that. So when I asked him for 50 bucks for a flyer, it's partially because he hadn't paid me shit the whole time. It was partially because I gave him an option. And the rest of it is because he was talking about all this crazy money he was going to make. So I was fired. My work was used even though I wasn't paid for it. And uh, he decided to call me everything he could. I'm greedy because I asked to be paid for my work. (laughs) I will give the two stories that when somebody asked me about Dave... That I always give, but they've never been given on the podcast, I don't think. And this this is basically the same incident for most shows. But Dave had the venues, and I had places bands needed to play. But the first incident, I will say, it was a show at the Backyard Bar. Um, He had Lords of the Trident, which... He had agreed to pay $50 to come up and play. They were from Lexington. I don't remember if they were on tour, if they just came up, which was already a fight because they were like, oh, we're supposed to get $100. But Dave actually showed me the actual Facebook message that said, that says them first, like, we need $100 to play. And Dave says, I can't do that. I can do $50 if you want to come up and play. And they say, okay, cool. So that's on them for not looking at it. But so Lord of the Trident was $50. To the Wind also played that show. Um, I don't think I guaranteed them $100. That was just what I had paid them the time before. That's what I consider standard about, especially at that time period, for their size. $100 is a it's not great, but it's it's what they were at. Uh, I don't remember what locals we had on it besides Meet the Maker. Um, but me and Dave had talked and he had said, you know, we take the money that we get from the door and we can actually try to find that flyer. Anyways, um, you take the money that you get from the door. We'll pay the, the bands the 150 that they need. And there it is. To the wind, Lords of the Trident, rebuild the barrier, Mudbone, meet the maker. <laughs> mudbone. Don't talk shit about Mudbone. Don't talk shit about Mudbone. Anyways. Whatever uh, happened to those kids? Uh, I talked to the drummer. Sometimes. Fucking- he plays in a doom metal band now. Mud bone. But, um, so anyways. That turned out to be a JC's, by the way. What? Yeah, it was a JC's. 
No, it wasn't. It was a backyard. Did it get moved to the backyard? Yeah. Okay, because it was in the JC's folder. Oh, okay. No, it got. It might have gotten moved to the backyard. Probably when Zach and John were fighting over monies. Because. Yeah, backyard. Oh, okay. But anyways, so the the plan was to pay the two touring bands what we had agreed, the hundred and fifty, and then, you know, split the profit. I remember exactly the numbers. Through the door, we did two twenty seven. Which, after a hundred and fifty, that's pretty much easy math. Leaves seventy seven bucks to split. So that would be 34 bucks a person. And it'd be dope if somebody slipped me a fiver. Who okay. knows if that actually happened? I don't remember. I wasn't at that show, so I probably didn't get paid. Okay. But um, <laughs> Dave did not feel that $34 was worth the time and effort that he put into the 15 minutes of that show. And said... I'm splitting the 227 in half. Here's your 114. Here's my 113. I'm going to pay my band. You go pay your band. So Dave pays Lord of the Trident the $50 that he promised them, even though they get in an argument that they were supposed to get 100 Dave walks out of there with $63, $73, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, $63. I pay to the wind a hundred bucks and I walk out of there with thirteen dollars. Yeah. I say, Dave, this wasn't what we agreed with. And he said, It's real easy to fix this situation. To the wind, good band, great musically, seem cool, but the show didn't turn out the way you thought it would. Just toss them forty bucks and keep the rest. Dave, that's not how you do things. You have to take money for the time and effort you put into the show. They're from Seattle. They're on tour. A hundred bucks is a hundred bucks, but it's still not much. I'm not doing that. Incident number two. Real quick, uh, there was a situation I remember at HD Beans. Yeah, with the distances show, I thought you would kick into this after my incident number two. I'll come and back. And then we go to incident number three after yours. Okay. So incident number two. Backyard bar, Palooza. Number three? Yeah, I think so. I think it was number three. But it was at the backyard bar, which is a cap of 101. Um, Dave's like, oh, this show's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. He's like, we have to pay, you know, KDC, I think, is said like $75, and Vice is like $75. Keep uh, talking. But, um, and he's like, you know, the show's 10 bucks, and, and it's for your birthday, and it's going to be awesome. You know, after that 150 you know, we'll split it right down the middle. And he's like, yo, actually, you know, because it's your birthday... If the show does well enough, I'll give you an extra 50 bucks out of my cut. It's like, cool. Sounds good. 
The show did 89 paid at $10 out of a uh, 101 cap. So it does 89 out of a 101 cap. And I pay my bands and I walk over to Dave and I go, yo, so you're going to toss me that 50 bucks? That's it. One of my worst flyers. You're going to toss me that, uh, that 50 bucks because you know, the show did so well. What are you talking about? This show didn't do well. Dave, there's 89 paid. This room holds 101. He's like, it should have done 101 and we should have oversold this place. It's like, this show was nowhere near good enough for me to give you an extra 50 bucks. And if the Bogart show wouldn't have been a couple weeks away, then I probably would have quit right there. Is that incident three? Yes. Okay, so there's a night we're booked at HD Beans, which is some little dinky coffee shop. Which the only shows we had good there were outside. Some of those shows were disasters. But I feel like one or two might have been okay. That one got moved to gutters. And... Two of those bands dropped. That show didn't get moved to Gutters. Never mind. It was the show. Oh, it started at Gutters. They got moved to HD Beans. Okay. Okay, so that's what it was. Uh, Rose Hill, All My Friends Are Dead. Uh, Gilded, one of the few shows they played. We as Thieves, before they changed their name 65 times. And this band, Distances. They were... Uh, melodic hardcore out of uh, Baltimore. I don't know. I was going to say DC, so I was close. Um, Adam Metters, who actually writes that Among the Willows book that I think I showed you the other day. Or no, you were with me at that Comic-Con, right? Or no, Wes was. Wes was with me at that Comic-Con. But uh, we went to Dayton Comic-Con, and literally out of the corner of my ear, I hear, Q! And it's Adam Metters, who was in Distances and Threads and Heaven's Die. So... Basically, they were coming through, needed a show, somehow got in touch with him. They they gave, because they were desperate for a date and hoping they'd make some in merch, just gave him the whatever you can give us. Um, they show up, outplay everyone. They, they just embarrass the shit out of everyone. They're so fucking good. It's, it's outstanding. Everyone loves them. No one's heard of them, but everyone likes it. They're a great sounding band that sounds similar to Comeback Kid. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I catch up with him later. Hey, did you talk to Dave? Uh, I can't remember if this had said yes or no, but basically it shook out to um, they weren't given any money at all. So I was like, all right, we'll see about that. Hang on. And I did all but grab him by the shirt and shake him and tell him to give them 20 bucks. $20 is a loss for their gas 
that that's that's not even like a dignified amount but i knew i didn't have any money on me and he had a little bit of money on him and i was like dude you give that band 20 fucking dollars he goes what about 15 it's like dude (laughs) they're on tour they needed a show they were fantastic give them 20 bucks well i didn't even want them on this show they begged me i don't think it matters like, well, they didn't add anything to the show. Nobody came to see them. I was like, that may be true, but give them 20 fucking dollars. And I think they may have walked out of there with 10 bucks. I tried. I tried to steer him right. All that time, we tried to teach him how to do this business. I mean, I was kind of learning how to do the business, but also we were trying to teach him how to be a decent person. And we tried. Desperately did we try. We had to fight him every single step of the way finding out that he had deals with venues to get paid regardless for bringing in music and bringing in a crowd. Yeah. That was the argument at JC's. Yeah. John was like, dude, I can't give you that hundred bucks. Like we lost money tonight. And we we're like, what fucking hundred bucks? John's like, Oh yeah. The hundred dollars I've been paying him to put a crowd in here on top of the door money. Yeah. That was uh, almost ugly. Yeah, that but that made it easier for the couple of shows that we did there without Dave, where John's like, I mean, I could let you do the show, but I can't give you $100. Fine, deal. Yeah. I just wanted a building under which to do this. That's what so many people don't understand. So much of your time doing this business is scrambling at the last minute to find a building that you can drag your PA system into. So you can try to fit 15 kids in this room to potentially get that band $20 to get on their way. And that's what promoting should be about. But I nobody mean, if, does you want, it, if you want to get to the big stuff, that's cool. But Nobody does it from the heart. Like, I mean, not nobody. A couple. There's plenty of people Okay, but, nationwide. But on the grand majority of it. So many people get into this business because they're like, I mean, book it shows. That's an easy way to make money. Dave does not have a job. He has a Corvette. He has a bunch of weed. But he thinks this is a job. He used to say things like, yeah, man, this is easy money. I'm going to start booking shows. That's how I'm going to make all this money. And he would actually get mad at me when I reminded him that he didn't have a day job. Yeah. Because that made him look like a piece of shit, and he absolutely was. So are we going to get into Bogarts? Uh, I'm going to do it real quick. Long story short, Dave's idea was basically to undersell everyone and then later blame it on me. But Which you're still catching shit for in certain crowds? Eh, a little bit. I think it's all past now. Mostly, but every now and then. If that situation comes up, people will still try to act like you had something to do with it. I mean, maybe I should have punched him in the face and told him to give other bands more. But at the same time... If my two metalcore bands were happy with $30 and my two bar metal bands were unhappy with $30, I mean, I guess it was better than Gruber being unhappy with $0 and breaking my window 
which you still owe. If you listen to this, you still owe me $108, you motherfucker. Yeah. But anyways, long story short, um, after paying the bands, paying the back line, paying Beneath the Sky, which is what this show was, uh, it was a $5 local show, which I made, absolutely made him do $5, which he wanted to do 15 and I wanted to do five because I wanted to try and go for the local record at Bogarts of most people, which we did not hit, but that's fine. Still a good show. With pre-sales and walk-up, it was like 1100 I believe the deal was that every local had to sell 50 tickets. Uh, His rules, of course, in order to get paid. I think it was a hundred tickets. Okay. In order to get paid thirty bucks, which I had originally asked that that be fifty, and he said no, just thirty. And he originally wanted to pay beneath the sky only a hundred, and I made. I kind of went around him and made a look. If we do this amount at the show. Then you get this. Like, it was if we sell 500 tickets, you get 200 bucks. If we sell 750, you get 250. And if we do over a thousand, you'll get 300. Which is, which he was very mad at me, even at that point, for making a deal without him and for agreeing to pay beneath the sky what he considered too much money. Um, anyways. Went through that whole situation, went through the day itself, which he sat in the back room, got high all day, played his set, which his local band was on the set. They sold four tickets. Yeah. Um, on top of all that. How much did you walk out with? Total or? Total. The, the it was like twenty six hundred, but then I had to pay like beneath the sky, and um, present day nightmare. No, they ended up not playing. Remember? I don't. Oh, they ended up not playing. Um, but beneath the sky, the back line and the locals that sold the hundred tickets. So we figured it out. He was nowhere to be found, so I had to have a discussion with Bogarts where some things became a little iffy, where their numbers were different than our numbers, where I know for a fact if Dave was in that room, he would have yelled and screamed until we literally got kicked out of that place. Whereas I went in there with a level head, as I normally do, not always, but normally, went in there with a level head, and I said, hey, this is the number I'm getting, and this is why I'm getting it there. And I think it was like 3,000. And their number was like 2,100. And they said, look, I'm sorry you took this the wrong way. This is the way it is. Thank you for being calm and patient with us. Because of that, we'll split you down the middle and give you 2,500. Which I guarantee you, if Dave was in that room, would not have happened. Yeah. On top of all that, I then had to take that 2500 
and write a tax form on it for myself, meaning I had to claim that entire 2500 later, even though not all of it was going to me. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, so I basically made, figured it out that the taxes at the end of the year were going to be like $250. So I split it up three ways because in my opinion, Laura had done more work on the show than me or Dave. And she was the reason the show happened because she worked there. At Bogarts, yes. Um, so I split it up three ways and then just added the 250 that I was going to have to pay in taxes at the end of the year onto mine. Uh, he immediately, I explained everything to him because the show was almost over and, um, I tried to pay like the local bands first and then take it back to him. He got mad. He's like, Oh, Bogarts is screwing us. And I was like, no, I sat back earlier with them. They actually, because I was calling a patient gave us an extra $400. And he's like, no, Bogarts is screwing us. And how dare you pay Laura? that much money. I was like, you're getting 400. She's getting 400. I'm getting 650, but only because that 250 is going to pay the taxes on the whole thing. Yeah. We all got 400. She doesn't deserve 400. I'd <laughs> give her 50 bucks if she was lucky. Yeah. Dave, she did more work than either of us. No, she didn't. What did she do? We wouldn't have it at Bogart's if it wasn't for her. She printed up all the flyers. She delivered all the flyers, which is something normally I do for shows, but not on this scale. She did took care of all of that. She definitely did, deserves it. Um. He's, no, no, she doesn't. Oh, I, I, I just wish you would have came, got me, because this is bullshit. There's no reason I shouldn't be walking out this door with a thousand dollars. Dave, you're walking out the door with four hundred dollars, which is more than your headlining band made. I'm the only one that did any work on this fucking thing. <laughs> no. <clears throat> then somebody comes, gets me. Hey, your window's broken. What? Then did Dave change his attitude? Oh shit. My, oh, that sucks, man. That really sucks. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't talk shit to me the rest of the night. But. So, all told, after you had to have your window replaced, how much did you make? Minus your taxes. 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. For a couple months worth of promoting and shenanigans. And dealing with Dave. Yeah. While he walked out with $400, his car was next to yours. It was two cars over. He should have had all his windows knocked out. Yeah, which then turned into a big thing about who's lying, about who saw the window get broken. The whole thing was a fucking disaster. I remember you coming to my, no, it was Michaela's apartment and telling us all about the window thing because we'd already left. And that was, uh, that was a stressful day. Yeah. You didn't work with him after that, did you? No. Yeah, I, uh... He tried to talk me back into it for about four months and then finally gave up. Yeah. 
So, unfortunately, what he considered the the Bogart show to be kind of a success at booking a large scale venue, he then focused his attention on the Madison Theater for the next like two years. And the next show was Rose Funeral. That show was nowhere near as good as our Beneath the Sky show, yet he still felt it was worth $15. And that's when I had asked for some real money because I think when all this, when all the Bogart show stuff was happening, he was like, hey, I'll, I'll give you something. And then... I think that was a night when you both actually handed me $20 each. And we're like... I think I handed you 40 I think I made 40 Oh. I'm, I'm not pretty minimizing. sure I think I, I handed you 40 Well, then he must have handed me nothing. Yeah, because I don't think he handed you anything. Because I, I don't recall making more than $40 ever. But I was like, I mean, hey. I revised this flyer about 65 times and had to deal with Dave's shit. And mostly didn't get paid for all my other work. But hey, you know what? I'm cool with this. I got I got a wristband and I got to see what parts of the show I actually could tolerate and uh I got paid a little money. And I got to sing on stage at Bogart's. Yeah. Um So come the next show was actually that Rose Funeral thing, and that's when I got fired. And I tried not to say anything, not to deal with it, not to add any negativity to it until four months later, he had Unearth and Darkest Hour, where I was on Unearth's guest list, Darkest Hour's guest list, Size guest list, and seven other staffers at the Madison Theater's guest list. And he still had me removed six times before the owner came out and said, if he's on everybody's guest list, you can't have him removed. Didn't you acquire a physical ticket? Yes. Somebody gave you a ticket. Yeah, somebody just handed me a ticket. But you had a ticket. For all he knew, you had paid to get into the show. No, because it was like the fourth time he had been kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like for the most part after that, you kind of stayed out of it. I tried to stay out of it. We talked once after that. I actually went to one of his local shows because... Kevin, who has no idea about any of that kind of stuff, his other best friend, John, played in a band that played at the Mad Frog, and Kevin bought my ticket, and it's just like, hey, I really just want you to come, and I was like, fuck it, it's just a local show, it's not, doesn't really matter, and I just said, and I went, and he talked to me, and he's like, tried to act really nice. Hey, man. Thanks for coming. Cool. I haven't actually seen him since weeks before I was fired. Yo, there is one thing that I will say, though. For people that don't know him but just want to throw generic, like, shit-talking out there, do not shit-talk Dave's mom. She is cool, and that shop she owns in Reading is rad. What is it? It's like a lingerie and other stuff. Oh, I think I've been kicked out of there before. <laughs> Why? Because we were 15 and we just walked into a lingerie shop. Oh, okay. Um, just to see what would happen. Yeah. We filmed the whole thing. It was a, 
It was a thing we were doing. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? I, uh, I think I ended up going to another one of his shows. I think it was like the, the battle for summer slaughter. Oh, actually I judged one of his shows after we stopped working together. Uh, and that's because Ryan asked me to. Basically I got in for free, so I didn't give a shit. Um, but I remember he walked past me and just gave me this dirty look. And then I thought about jumping him except for like three huge dudes are trailing him. And I was just like, that motherfucker hired security. We all need to stop using words incorrectly. If it's a one-on-one fight, it's not a jumping. Jumping is when you have three or more people on one person. So, I thought a jumping was when you just get the drop on somebody. No. Sucker punch their ass. A jumping is three on one or more. I just thought jumping was no. when you just attack somebody. Nope. So that's just what? Sucker punch? Fighting, sucker punch, I don't know. Getting the drop on them. All right. Not jumping. All right. Well, I was going to whip his fucking ass. Okay. And take $50 out of his pocket. Because he, I thought he owed me 50 bucks, but he uh, gets security. Also, Headley worked for Loud and Clear for a while. And he was on their shit list because he liked to call two days before shows and demand uh, barriers and all this extra equipment. And then I, they actually had to deliver. It would turn out that also they had to set up uh, stuff for Trump's campaign. It was a very difficult job for him to do and to go along with some really not awesome stuff. I think we've gone on long enough about this. Yeah. All right. Let's call it a night. Anyway, uh, down with Kevorkian. And, uh, I thought one, th- one thing to finish this out is there was a lady on some post the other day that said, I wish this guy would stop calling himself Dr. Kevorkian because the real Dr. Kevorkian had more of a heart. That is a fantastic way to end an episode. Well done. Anyway, uh, episode 52. Out. See ya.